Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, 32 bold predictions for the upcoming season. One for each team, including the Winnipeg Jets. Obviously. But first, a word from our friends over at DraftKings. Football is right around the corner. We're just under two weeks away from the season getting started. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. That's right. All you got to do is head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of just one measly dollar or more, if you want, on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. And if Sportsbook is not available in your state or province, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, so we go from what if to what will. That's right. Like you heard at the top there, 32 bold predictions we'll get into for the upcoming NHL season. One for every team. And we'll finish it off with the Winnipeg Jets. This was done, I believe, in honor of Shale Capadia, who's the athletic NFL head writer. He does 32 bold predictions every year for each team. So I figured, you know what, to cap off the week, Burger Week has basically rendered anybody in the food industry in Manitoba helpless. So we're going to leave them be for now and, and give them a little bit of a break. So we'll dive into some more fun hockey stuff before 
Next week, we get into our preview series. We'll touch on that at the end of the episode. But to help me with 32 bold predictions, he's back on the pod once again. My brother Tyson Rewicki is here. Tyson, how's it going today? Not too bad. It What's going doesn't on? matter how's it going today. <laughs> you know, I was, I was actually thinking about this. People like around your age in their early 20s and younger, like it, do, do people your age only think of The Rock as an actor? Oh, yeah. he's Most people wouldn't even know that he's a wrestler. Yeah, like well, they wouldn't know he ever wrestled, right? Let alone a CFL legend. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Miami Hurricanes legend too, by the way. Let's get right into it here, Tyson. I mean, pretty simple, right? Bold predictions. We'll go team by team here, and we'll cap it off with the Winnipeg Jets. You've actually promised that you've got some doozies in here, and, and you like you can't even like spit it out. You were laughing so hard. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Mine are a little more... I guess, based in reality. So I'm intrigued to see what yours are. But we'll start off. We'll go in alphabetical order. So start with A all the way down to Winnipeg at the bottom. We'll kick off our bold predictions with the Anaheim Ducks. Tyson, you go first. So to start with Anaheim, I got them trading John Gibson right before the trade deadline. Kind of kind of had a bit of a rough shake the last couple of years for him. He's been overworked. Teams have been awful. I don't see how, how he can stand staying there much longer. I think I think he kind of wants out. And Stolarz has looked really good for them the la- last year, so maybe they want to take a look at him in an, an extended period of time. But yeah, I think if, I think Gibby's gone after this year. <laughs> yeah, you, you you went right out of the gate with bowl. You you in all caps bowl. I love it. I it's possible too. I was thinking about that, but I'm going to stay away from the trades with the Ducks specifically with Anaheim, there's going to be another team that they're going to be involved with later on. But I am going to go with Anaheim is the first team to fire their coach and GM this season. I'm going to say that Dallas Eakins, through no fault of his own, gets the axe yet again, because I think the Ducks are going to be terrible. Uh, Their offense is absolutely atrocious. And I think Bob Murray's been under a lot of heat for a long time as well. And I think they don't even last the season but sometime before the calendar flips, we see a new head coach and a new GM out there in Anaheim. Moving on now, another team that's going to be at the bottom of the basement, the Arizona Coyotes. You're already laughing here. What what you got, Tyson? Well, mine mine doesn't have to. Mine doesn't involve any on ice on ice components. <laughs> uh, I got them announcing a move to Houston near the end of the season. Shut up. Yep. That's my bold prediction for Arizona. They become the Houston Arrows by the end of the <laughs> season. You even haven't. <laughs> my God. Okay. I you're I might have to cut you off here. You're getting too off the wall. I love it though. That's awesome. I'm gonna go. I, I think the coyotes stay in Arizona for a little while longer. I'm gonna go with now it, it doesn't sound like a bold one off the bat, but it, it will be. The Arizona Coyotes will be the worst team in the NHL this season. But they will have one of the worst seasons in NHL history. They're going to be so unbelievably... Hey, and they might be so bad that your prediction comes true and that they moved to Houston because of how bad they are. But I think the Coyotes... I I think it was the... Was it the Avalanche a few years ago that had like the worst season in, in like salary cap era NHL history? I think the Coyotes give that a big time run for their money. They don't really have a goalie. Like Car- I think Carter Hutton is their starter right now. And Carter Hutton 
did not do well for the Buffalo Sabres. I don't see why it's going to be any better out there in Arizona. Plus, they shipped out half their team as well. And I think Rick Tockett was doing some good work. He's not there any like they they basically just gotten rid of everybody and added on like forty million dollars in dead cap space. So I, I I don't see a whole lot good happening for the Coyotes this year. They seem like the expansion team this year. Like yeah. they're the team that just got just got put in the league, but they've been in it the past twenty. 20- 20 20 plus years like a 90s expansion team not not like not like the seattle vegas expansion teams yeah yeah all right now we're all right we finally got a good team here this should be an intriguing one the boston bruins do you have the bruins relocating tyson (laughs) i actually got uh half the league relocating (laughs) but i got uh their new addition in net linus allmark finishing top five in vesna voting Interesting. That's a good one. That's a bold one. That and it could happen as well. Boston's been, I mean, Halak's been great for them. Maybe it's just a, a breeding ground for great goaltending. I'm gonna go very specific here. I'm gonna say that the Boston Bruins trade for Ryan Getzlaff. I could see that happening for sure. Just it seems like, like he seems like a Bruin too, like just a big bruiser. And I think with the loss of Krejci, I mean, Charlie Coyle, to me, is not the answer at second line center. And the Bruins really only have, like, it seems like this is an all-in year for them. So I'm going to say that they make the ultimate all-in move and get big old Ryan Getzlaff. We'll see if that pays off for them. Back to the basement. The Buffalo Sabres. This one can go in many different directions. You haven't disappointed with your first few, Tyson. So what is your bold prediction for the Buffalo Sabres this year? Well, you said that Arizona was going to take a run at that worst record, and I my prediction is I got Buffalo losing more than sixty games this year. <laughs> That's just it's the biggest dumpster fire in probably professional sports right now. It's at least up there, and I just they're, they're look at their roster. Their team's so bad, and they didn't do anything this offseason either. Like their team is just, I mean, who knows? Maybe they load up a bit after an Eichel trade, but. I think a lot of those pieces aren't going to be playing for them this season, and I think things could get really, really ugly. Yeah, their their team is bad. It's really, really bad. I mean, Craig Anderson is slated to be their backup goalie, and he was out of the NHL last year until the Capitals kind of slotted him in as their third or fourth guy. Um, you know, I, I was going to go with something positive for Buffalo, but I don't I, I You're right. They're just so bad. I don't know if I can. But what I will say is Jack Eichel will be on the roster for game one of the season. I don't I don't know if he's I don't know if he's healthy enough or anything like that, but I'm gonna say that Buffalo doesn't trade him just yet. It just seems like why trade him now, right? Like yeah. it, I, I feel like every team's gonna be lowballing you. You might as well go the Joe Sackick route and you know, with the way he held on to Matt Duchesne forever. Just hold on to Jack Eichel. You're bad either way. Like You might as well just try to maximize as much as you can. I don't know if he plays for them this season, but I'm going to say that once the regular season starts, Jack Eichel is on the Buffalo Sabres roster. To the Central Division. No, not yet. I can't read. I'm stupid. Ignore that. (laughs) We'll, we'll We'll go up to Canada, though. Our first Canadian team here, the Calgary Flames. What do you got for Calgary, Tice? I think Calgary's going to finish bottom five in the league this year. Really? Yep. I'm not a. I I don't know what's been happening. It looks like Goudreau and Monaghan kind of. They got one. It seems like they got one foot out the door already. 
it's a team that didn't really do much. I mean, their division's pretty terrible at the same time, so they very easily could finish outside or above the bottom five without just by playing in that division. But I'm really not impressed by, that, by their roster at all. I think they're going to blow it up, do a massive shakeup in the offseason next season. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a, I, I will heavily disagree with that one. Although I do agree that, I mean, Calgary is a team with no direction right now. But I don't think, like, they're very similar to where they were like seven years ago, where, you know, it was like eighth, ninth every single year. You're not good enough to contend. You're not bad enough to rebuild. And you just prolong this, this whole, you know, mushy middle thing. I'm going to say my bold prediction for the Flames is that Johnny Gaudreau walks as a UFA. Yeah. Which uh, is really worst case scenario, I think, for the Flames, right? Like, I either be bad enough, like, hey, if, if they finish bottom five, I think Flames fans would be happy with that. But I think Calgary is going to be good enough in an awful division that they make the playoffs. And so they can't really trade Johnny Gaudreau at that point. And I think we're both in agreement here that he's basically gone and, hey, maybe back home to Philly in the offseason, but that he's leaving Calgary after this year. But I don't think – I think the Flames are going to be just good enough that they feel enough pressure that they don't move him and he walks for nothing and it's a complete disaster for the Flames. Let's move on out to the East here, the Carolina Hurricanes. What do you got for the bunch of jerks? Well, this is uh, pending some like with the recent news, so this might not – this could – could not happen, but I have Kaka Niemi playing on the top line with Aho and putting up 60-plus points this year. <laughs> that is spicy. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I I, I think Montreal is going to take the picks and walk. I'll, I'm going to be surprised if Montreal agrees to keep Kaka Niemi for $6 million. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't, I don't – I think he's a bust, so I'm not seeing 60 points out of him. Well – I'm going to go, I, you know, I didn't really get a good sense of Carolina. So I, I went a little off the wall with mine. I'm going to say that the Hurricanes become the most disliked team in the NHL this season. I, I think their social media trolling and combined with the Tony D'Angelo signing combined, like, I, I don't know. I, I think people are done with the shtick with Carolina. Plus Tom Dundon is a total cheapskate. They're just not as likable as they used to be. And I think I think something's going to happen during the season where fans are like, you know what, enough, enough with these guys. We're done with them. And I think the Hurricanes take the mantle as the least liked team in hockey. All right, let's move. Now we go to the Central Division. Back-to-back Central Division teams here. And we started off with the Chicago Blackhawks. I have Chicago finishing last in the division as well as finishing bottom three in goals against in the entire league. I mean... the they made the splashy moves this year. They got Flurry, they got Seth Jones, and they added Tyler Johnson too. But goaltending wasn't their problem last year. Like Kevin Lankinen well, had a had a nine ten save percentage with a three oh five goals against average. Like that's crazy. Like and their defense didn't improve that much to where those chances aren't just going to go away. Yeah, they added Seth Jones, but who's even their number two defenseman? An injured Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell coming off total knee reconstruction. Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe. Sorry, but uh, yeah, like he, I don't, I don't see how they they don't repeat last year. They were brutal in their own end last year, and I don't see how that changes again this year. See, that's funny because I went the exact opposite way. <laughs> like you know, I, my prediction's a little different, but I actually I think Chicago is going to be a, a pretty surprisingly good team this year. 
Uh, my bold prediction is that Seth Jones lives up to his contract in year one. I'm going to say he gives them, I, I'm not going to say the whole contract, but I'm going to say he plays like a nine and a half million dollar guy. It might be beside Jake McCabe, actually, who was really good with Buffalo last year before the injury that you you touched on there. But I, I don't know. I'm a believer in Seth Jones, and I think in the right system, he can get back to where he was a few years ago. And I think at least in year one, he's going to be a big, big, big time player for Chicago. And he's going to surprise maybe just the analytical people. And he's going to be a really impactful player. I'm not going to say Norris Trophy winner. We'll get to that in the next team here. But I think he's going to be an all-star, no doubt about it. Let's move over to the Colorado Avalanche. You can't really be bold and say they're going to win the cup when they're the favorite. But where are you going with your bold prediction for the Aztecs? Well, I think we did this basing off what you said with Norris coming up. I, I have uh, McCarr winning the Norris and getting 90-plus points. Damn it. I So I went a little differently with yours. I mean, he's going to win the Norris this year. I was going to say he gets 90-plus points, but I'm going to take it a step further and say that Kale McCarr is a Hart Trophy finalist. I can't, I can't go Hart Trophy winner just because – we live in the Connor McDavid world, and there's a decent chance he puts up 160 points. Like that, it's not even that outlandish to say, right? Like I think Connor McDavid, as long as he's healthy, is probably going to win the Hart Trophy. But I think I just think the world of Kale McCarr. I think he's as good as the McKinnons and the McDavid's, and I think we see his best season as a pro yet. I think he walks away with the Norris cleanly, but I think he finishes in the top three for MVP voting across the NHL. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you have a Patrick Laine based bold prediction? Oh yeah. You better you better <laughs> oh, believe <yeah>. it. <laughs> I got I got Patty Laine coming back and scoring 45 plus goals this year. I think this is the he's playing with he'll be playing with Jake Voracek this year on that top line for sure. And knowing Voracek, he only Pat, he's only yeah. going to look to feed him 24/7. He could he could be ripping eight nine shots a night with Voracek, and I think, you know, you sh Liney shoots eight or nine times a game, they're bound to go in at some point. So I really I really think he he find he, this is the year that he really reaches that kind of generational goal scoring mantle that's been put on him since the since the draft. Yeah, I'm kind of going in the same vein as you, and, and I would agree. <laughs> Look, any Flyers fan will tell you. You don't have to worry about Jake Voracek shooting the puck. You're gonna he's gonna be just fine beside Patrick Lighty on the other wing. It's probably the best playmaker he's ever played with, if we're if we're being honest, too. You know, I mean, I guess Ehlers, he's played sparingly with Ehlers, but I consider Ehlers just a, an all-around superstar as opposed to just a playmaker. But I'm gonna say that, you know, kind of where you're going, because Patrick Line has a, I guess, a bounce back year, that the Blue Jackets trade him. I'm going to say that Patrick Liney has moved yet again, and it's going to be at the trade deadline. He's going to be the biggest piece moved this year at the trade deadline. I have no idea where, but I think Columbus, I, I just don't see him signing long-term there. And I think that if he has a good season, you might as well sell high on him. And I think the Blue Jackets do that. And I think they get an absolute bounty for him. And Patrick Liney plays for his third team in what, five or six years in the NHL. I can see, I can see Florida jumping in on that. Yeah, with Barkov, his buddy Barkov. That could work. Uh, back to the Central, the Dallas Stars. What do you got there, Tice? 
I got uh, rookie goalie from last year. Jake Ottinger steals the starting job and wins 30 games with the Stars. I think Bishop, he, who knows what he's going to be like. He's injured all the time. Hudobin's kind of a wild card. You have no idea what's going, what he's going to do in any games. And I, I think the stability of Ottinger will, will sit well with the Stars, and I think he settles in nicely. I went with goaltending, too, with the Dallas Stars as my bold prediction. But again, we're in complete opposites on just about it, on like half our picks. I have my bold prediction that goaltending keeps the stars on the playoff bubble. I'm not going to say they miss the playoffs, but I'm going to say it keeps them from grabbing one of the two divisional spots, two and three in the in the central division in an automatic playoff berth. I mean, I have my doubts the same way that you do. I mean, Hudobin's 35 years old now. Ben Bishop is 34 going on 54. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's, I mean, who knows how, if he's even going to be healthy enough to play game one of the season and and Braden Holtby is nowhere near the Braden Holtby that he used to be. It might very well come down to Jake Ottinger, but I mean, Flyers fans will tell you putting all your hopes on a 19, 20 year old goalie can work out sometimes, but some years it also was a complete disaster. So I'm going to say that a, a good stars team is, you know, going to be a wild card or a team that just misses out because their goaltending is pretty wonky one of the uh more iffy situations in the nhl as opposed to one that's been rock solid for so long uh let's move over to a team that i don't think either of us knew what to do a whole lot with the detroit red wings in my opinion they're the least exciting team in the nhl just because like they're rebuilding as they should be and there's i don't know none of their draft picks are you know fully in the nhl just yet so um, I'm intrigued to see what direction you went in with this prediction. Well, after last year, I'm never touching any Detroit Red Wing in fantasy again because watching those games is just, I don't know. I'm sorry to any Red Wings fans, but I don't know how you guys have been watching the last three or three seasons. It's painful, but I, I, have, a, I have a little bit of excitement added to this team with my prediction, and I have their 2020 first-round pick, Lucas Raymond, making the team out of camp and scoring 20 goals this year. I like that one. That's a, that's a nice, that's by far your most realistic one yet. So you're, you're growing up as we go along here. I'm going way off the board. Probably not going to happen, but what the hell? I'm going to say that Maurice Sider is a NHL all-star. Ooh. Yeah. Probably not going to happen, <laughs> but if, if the NHL does that weird format where like everybody from each team has to make it, there's the chance that Dylan Larkin isn't all that impressive and there's not like a ton of high-end forward options. I mean, and and maybe Nadelkovich is just okay and he doesn't get the goalie nod. So that at that point, somebody has to make it on Detroit. You go to the blue line. A lot of people say Marit Sider is the best defenseman not in the NHL right now. So I'll go out on a limb and say that the German finds a way to shock the world and he earns an all-star bid as a 20-year-old rookie. This team... Might be my favorite bold prediction. I think it's going to be a good one for you as well. I mean, it's the Edmonton Oilers, right? Like, you know something awesome is going to happen out of this. So I'm I'm dying to hear what bold prediction you have for the Oilers. Well, mine's kind of, it's kind of good. I got two kind of for Edmonton. But I got McDavid getting 135 plus points this year. And then Ken Holland is fired at the end of the year. So. <laughs> Oh, I, I say there's no way that Ken Holland gets fired. That see, it does seem like they're they're kind of in love with them, and that's yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I I know what you're saying. Where if they miss the playoffs, they should clean house. But I don't know. I I don't know anything Edmonton on like the managerial side of things anymore. I'm going to say that, and I think this has to be a first. But I'm going to say that the Edmonton Oilers lead the NHL in goals for and goals against. <laughs> I think we legitimately see the '80s Oilers back because yeah. you know while the contracts they gave out weren't good. Like, Zach Hyman is a really good player, and he's going to fit really well beside Connor McDavid. And, I mean, like you said, 135 points. That barely feels like a bold prediction, which is just outrageous to say. But yeah. you know McDavid's going to score at least 120. Dreisaitl's going to crack 100. I mean, if Pugliarvi, if Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins, all the right? Like, they have the firepower to get it done. But their defense is fugly. And the goal, hey, Mike Smith had an all-star year last year. But soon to be 40 years old, that's a lot of faith to put in a guy that looked like he was on the way out. Koskinen had a horrendous year last year. And Edmonton made arguably the worst moves on the blue line in the entire NHL during the offseason. So I'm going to say that the Oilers... And I don't know if it makes it playoffs or, or no playoffs because of this. I, I just think it's going to be awesome. I think everyone at Edmonton is going to have the most miserable year, regardless of what happens, because they give up and score the most goals in the NHL this year. Moving on, the Florida Panthers. Everything is kind of optimistic down there in Sunrise. What do you see happening with the Panthers this year? Uh, I, I'm going to say that Jonathan Huberto finishes top three in scoring, going over 100 points this year. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, I think I think this. I mean, even what was it, two years ago, he was on pace for close to a hundred points, and that and that shortened and the COVID season. So I don't. I honestly don't even think it's that bold now. It's him and Barkov just clicking on another level. Yeah, like I think I think Huberto cracks it this year. Cool. I like that one. I'm gonna say that Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Ekblad become the best deep pairing in the Eastern Conference. I would say the NHL, but Kale McCarr and whoever plays beside him will exist. So I'm going to say in the East, at least, that Uyghur and Ekblad take the mantle. I think Mackenzie Uyghur is the most underrated player in the NHL. I feel like nobody talks about him as, as a top pair guy whatsoever. But when Ekblad went down, he was one of the best defensemen in all of hockey. And I, I think he's a superstar. And if Ekblad comes back healthy and good to go, I think the sky's the limit for those two. And and it's weird. He, he he's a righty, but he plays left. He plays left deed quite a bit, which is not something you see too often. No, no. And I mean, he was up for grabs in the trade market by the sounds of it. And a lot of teams probably wishing they would have pulled the trigger on that one. The LA Kings very busy in the off season. Does that play into your bold prediction at all for them? Yeah, I I have them barely missing the playoffs to the Oilers. I I think it's gonna be. I think they're gonna miss by one or two points. I think. Their infusion of young talent should give them a boost with the additions they made. I mean, Philip Deneau, it's going to be, I don't know, a team that has too many centers that have the defensive prowess of Kopitar and Deneau down the middle. So I think it'll be a tough team to play against. I think, I do think that they surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, I would agree. I think they might be, out of all the teams that finish near the bottom, might be the team that has the best chance of surprising everybody and jumping in. But I'm going to say that Jonathan Quick, plays his last game in the NHL this year. He's got two years left on his deal. I'm going to say he doesn't make it to the final year of that contract. 
He's 35 years old already, which doesn't seem right. Like, he, I, I don't know. He doesn't feel like he's that old, but he's had injury after injury. His performance has gone to the tank, and I'm going to say that all that catches up to him. Cal Peterson fully takes over the starter's role there, and that Jonathan Quick retires after the end of the season. Minnesota, back to the central, Tice. What do you see out of the wild this year? Any more buyouts that Bill Guerin's got in his back pocket? Well, I, all I know is that Bill Guerin is just trying to get Eichel right now to put covers <laughs> on. He's just all I can think he's about. It, yeah, he's, he's shaking at three a.m. in the morning, just like oh, I wonder. I wonder who else I can. Get, I wonder who else I can add to this to get this guy. But I think even without Eichel, I have. Kirill Kaprizov getting 90 plus points this year. Well, let's I'll, I'll I'll follow up on that. I say Kaprizov makes a Panarin like leap into superstardom. So we're pretty much got the same pick there. Yeah, I, I think I mean he's just he's out of this world. And if he gets 20 plus minutes consistently, 90 points, he, he's gonna crack 90 points. I wonder if he makes a run at a hundred this year. The Montreal Canadian. This is a good one. You're, you're shaking your heads. I love this one. Is is Mark Bergevin in in your bold prediction here? Uh he might he might be if this happens. <laughs> I have a Montreal finishing below Detroit this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they're gonna take a total nosedive. I mean they don't, don't have Weber. You're expecting Carey Price like you you have to bank on him playing like he did in the playoffs to, for you to have success now and who know and in the regular season he kind of struggled if he's played if he's going if he's playing all these games in Montreal and then he goes over for the Olympics and plays for Canada I mean that's a lot of hockey for a guy that's getting up there in age and I I their forward group really just doesn't impress me and they're in a, they're back to the Atlantic and a lot tougher than the North Division last year so yeah I, I think they're gonna have a rough year in Montreal that would be awesome. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that would... And honestly, there's a part of me, like if I was Mark Bergevin, I wouldn't say this to the public, but I would honestly think aloud about kind of like tanking this season. Like Weber's not there. Price is potentially injured to start the year. The draft's in Montreal in 2022. Like maybe we just suck it up this year, get the first... I, I don't know, just throw it out there. You mentioned the non-impressive forward group. Well, I'm going to take one of those players to have a big year. I'm going to say that Cole Caulfield scores 40. Ooh. 20 years old. I, I I mean, the kid's just special. And, yeah, super happy the Flyers took Cam York over Cole Caulfield. That's awesome. I'm going to say, and, and because, maybe just because of that, he's going to score 40. Not because of how good he is, but because the Flyers idiotically pass on Cole Caulfield. But I'm going to say that him and Suzuki have a monster year. And then Suzuki's going to be due for a big, big payday after his ELC runs out. Back to the Central again, the Nashville Predators. What do you see happening in the Music City? Well, you have you have Caulfield getting 40. I got Eli Tolvanen scoring 40 for the Predators this year. Tyson, if Eli Tolvanen scores 40, I will run down Portage and Maine for 500 meters in a Borat thong. I'd say that's that's on the record now. That's it's on the, yeah. I, I have absolutely no doubt that's not going to happen. He said bold. He said bold. It is bold. Yeah, I said bold, not stupid. <laughs> we'll see. We'll well, see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Bro, I might change mine now that Tolvanen doesn't score twenty, but <laughs> forty is just no one in Nashville will ever score forty goals. My prediction for Nashville: bold. I'm going to say that they have 
a new GM for the first time in franchise history. I think David Poyle's, David Poyle's tenure will run out. Not going to be surprised if they move on from one of or both of Ekholm or Forsberg. It's just, they, they, you know what? They had their window. They had their run. And, and they were close, right? Like two games away from a Stanley Cup title. But their cap situation is just a complete disaster. And I think the trade of Ryan Ellis signifies the beginning of the end with the Predators. And I think they enter a cycle of rebuilding here and that David Poyle won't get fired. He'll move into one of those, you know, upper management, you know, he's a special advisor or whatever it is. But I think we see um, a new hand guiding the Nashville Predators going into next season. The New Jersey Devils, Tyson, the splashiest team of the offseason. What do you got coming out of there? Yeah, this one, it was kind of tough, but I I keep on going to goalies for a lot of these, but I'm going to stick with it. I got Mackenzie Blackwood. Not only making the all-star team, but he also makes Team Canada's roster as the third goalie. That's a that's a good bold one. I think he's got I think he's got he's he's got a ton of potential. You've seen it in Jersey. It's they're an awful team and he's putting up really solid numbers. So I think he's I think he's a stud in the making and he's one of Canada's future goalies for sure. I'm gonna say, speaking of Team Canada, that Dougie Hamilton does not make the team. Because Dougie Hamilton has a bit of an off year. I'm not going to say he's brutal, but he's not going to be the guy that he was in Carolina. And I think he is greatly going to miss playing beside Jacob Slavin. And the same way P.K. Subban kind of bombed his first year with the Devils, I think we see a similar thing with Dougie Hamilton. Not that he can't be good for them moving forward, but I think year one we see a bit of a struggle for Dougie. To New York. We'll start with the Islanders, then go to the Rangers. But Tyson, what do you uh, have for your bold prediction for Barry Trotz's crew? I have Ryan Pulak finishing top six in Norris voting this year. So he's sixth? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, just such a, it's such a specific <laughs> number. <laughs> there, could, there could be a little leeway. It could crack top five. But I think like he had such an unlucky year. Like he, He's got a bomb of a shot in it. Just nothing seemed to be going in for him. He had a great playoffs with with him and Pallock together are just an absolute stud pairing. And I think his I think his numbers, his offensive numbers take a jump this year. Especially, you know, Nick Letty's gone. He's gonna probably gonna have to take on even more minutes. Yeah, I, I love I love everything about the Pellock Pulak pairing. I I think they're right up there with the best in the NHL. I mean, I had them both making Team Canada for me, so I'm on board with that one. I don't know if my pick can make sure that your pick happens as well, but I'm going to say that the Barry Trotz magic finally runs out this year. I'm going to say the Islanders, I'm going to say there's some struggle. I mean, they played a lot of hockey these past couple of seasons. And, you know, it's it's funny to say, but they've given the Lightning their toughest out in, in basically back-to-back postseasons. But the Metro is just a bloodbath. It is by far the most, I mean, top to bottom, the hardest division in hockey. And just the way they play, I don't think it's sustainable over 82 games. And I think, honestly, the Islanders have been, you know, fortunate that they've had back-to-back shortened seasons. So I'm going to say that the Islanders have a bit of a down year this year, and we don't see them make another run to the Eastern Conference Final. The Rangers, Tyson, one of those buzzy teams heading into the year. What's your bold prediction for the Broad Street Blue Shirts? Broadway Blue Shirts. It's it's not too too bold, but I have them missing the playoffs again, and then I also have them trading Mika Zibanejad at the trade deadline. 
Wait, did you say that's not bold? Well, the missing the playoffs. Okay. This <laughs> is my God. Just yeah, we're just trading our number one centerman. I, I, I yeah. I mean, I, just, I don't know if I would go that. The, I don't like what the Rangers did this offseason, but Gerard Glant to me was the most impactful move that almost anybody made. I, I he's just to me, he's a top five coach. So I, I think in spite of their awful moves, they're gonna find a way to make the playoffs because Glant is that good of a coach. I'm gonna go onto the positive ledger outside of that. I'm gonna say that Alexis Lafreniere erases the bus label and cracks 70 points this year. I mean, maybe he plays, but maybe he plays with Panarin or as a bit whoever it may like. There's enough talent there that he's going to be playing with somebody good. And I, I think just a tough year for an 18 year old in a COVID shortened all all the stuff. I think people are really overreacting to a just an okay 18 year old season for him. And I think he uh, reminds everybody why he was the number one pick overall. A lot of things could happen in Ottawa, Tyson. A lot of things, maybe even relocate. Do you, do you have a second relocation as your bold prediction? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Yeah. But this one actually is my favorite. <laughs> oh. Well, they made a. The Senators didn't make a lot of moves to the roster this year, but they made one. They made one really big move that I think a, a lot of people kind of forgot about, and it's they have a new pre. Right now, they have a new president of hockey operations. And he went from between the benches to up in the booth. And I say by a quarter way into the season that Pierre Maguire is the general manager of the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> that is a standing ovation. That is the best prediction anybody will make. That is so damn good. And it's I you know it's actually believable too. I mean, Pierre Dorian's probably like, what the hell? Like, why why would you hire him? I'm the GM. That oh god, I I pray to God that happens. Eugene Melnick and Pierre Maguire. That is just comedy gold, gold for the next three years until every <laughs> until the whole thing falls apart. I um I didn't go that road. I wish I did. I'm gonna say though that and and again another underrated player for me across the NHL. Not a lot of people talk about him. I'm gonna say Josh Norris leads the Sens in scoring. Oh, yeah. A lot of people like Brady Kachuk. A lot of people love Tim Stutzel, as, as they should. But Josh Norris really quietly had an awesome season. And I am going to say that, you know, Tim Stutzel will have his time and, and lead the Sens in scoring for maybe a decade. But I'm going to say Josh Norris has a bit of a breakout season, cracks 70 points, and leads the Sens in scoring. Yeah. All right. Let's do this, Tyson. The Flyers. Let's get it over with. Mine's kind of a pipe dream, but I got Elaine Vigneault getting fired in around December. They they hire Bruce Boudreaux, such a connection, and they end up finishing second in the division. Oh my gosh, that that would be awesome! It's so funny you say that though, because I have Elaine Vigneault winning Coach of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> So that's beautiful. <laughs> you could not be more opposite. You have him fired two months into the season. I have him winning coach of the year. I can see it going either way, to be honest. I wonder, like, I, I mean, Bruce Boudreaux should be coaching somewhere. It's kind of ridiculous yeah. that he's not. It wouldn't shock me, actually, if Bruce Boudreaux is coaching a head coach in the NHL at some point this season. Yeah, for sure. All right. Enough flyers. I'm glad <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> All right. Let's move over across state. The Pittsburgh Penguins. 
I, I have a feeling we're both going to be extremely negative for some unknown reason. Uh, so let's uh, let's hear your negative bold prediction for the Pens. So I I I I think they're going to have another good regular season. I mean, Mike Sullivan, I, I I've had some some gripes with him. I I thought he wasn't the greatest coach at times, but last year he really proved like he he should have. I he was coach of the year in my opinion. Like he was he, he did, been, a, yeah. did a great job there. But I, I once again have them losing early in the playoffs, which results in one of Malkin or Latane leaving. Nice. Well, I have basically the same thing. I was going to say that Ron Hextall finally makes a trade at the deadline, but that he moves one of the big three. It's not going to be Crosby. It's going to be either Malkin or Latang, obviously. And I think we start to see the rebuild happen. I actually think the Penguins are going to miss the playoffs. So I think we see that move happen at the deadline, actually. I have one of the craziest deadlines ever happening this year. But we're both in agreement that we think this is the end. And when a Malkin or Latang gets moved, I wonder who it would be. I think it would be Gino if, if any of them do get moved. But that would be one hell of a storyline. And as a couple of Flyers fans, something we would all love to see happen. It could be crazy. They, I mean, they both have expiring contracts. So who knows? If they struggle, they both they could ship them both out. In that. Yeah, I, I just think if anybody's followed Ron Hextall, yeah. he's brought in to do one thing. And that's to clear up the salary cap and make trades based towards the future. And I think that's what he's going to do with the Penguins. Out West again here, the St. Louis Blues, one of our last central teams before the Jets. What do you see out of Craig Barube's crew? I have them a new addition to the team, leading them in points and making his first all-star appearance, Pavel Buchnevich. I think that was that was such a good trade. Like, I don't know what the Rangers were thinking. Like, Sam, Sammy Blaze, a nice, guy, nice player, but like, Buchnevich was amazing this year yeah he was he was awesome he was almost a point a game yeah I, I i have the exact same one <laughs> so we could just go on to the next team i i really don't understand i mean we know why they made the move for yeah grit and tough but it, it was a very very poor hockey decision and i guess we both have the butcher having a big year in st louis the sharks tyson a lot of intrigue potentially with this bold prediction what do you see in san jose uh, I have San Jose finishing as the worst team in the West and then completely blowing not only their roster, but their front office too. Front office coaching. I think every, I think they're going to do a complete teardown. I mean, at this point you kind of have to, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're even their prospects really like they don't have the greatest prospect pool right now. I think, I think they're, that's a team that's in serious need of a complete, complete rebuild. I agree. I just don't think they can do it because their contracts are so bad. Like, I, I, I totally agree with that, but I just don't know how they do it. Right. I have really no faith in this, but I, I just I can't quit him. I'm going to say Eric Carlson turns back the clock somehow and has a massive, massive season. I, I don't I don't really believe it, saying it, but I'm, I'm just going to go with it because I couldn't think of anything else. I, I could see the other th one of the things I was thinking, I could see Eric Carlson. I, I Mentioned Florida with Line, but I could see Eric Carlson going to going to Florida and maybe uh, them shipping Bobrovsky's contract back out to San Jose with some uh, with some picks added on onto that. Maybe I it's, it'll be interesting what they do because, like you said, like those contracts are. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how they do it, but we'll see. I mean, that would be a bold prediction that one of those guys gets moved this upcoming season. The Kraken. Release your prediction for Seattle, Tyson. Top top 10 defense 
and second in the division for sure. I'm a, I'm all in on the Kraken. That division stinks, and their defense they they have one of the better defenses already. That's going to be a tough team to score on. Grubauer and Drieger are both solid. I mean, kind of got to wonder about Grubauer's injury history and Drieger not not really being a starter yet. But I think them the tandem is just per, perfect, and I think their forwards are decent enough that they, they that they can win games. On the, on the back of their defense and goaltending. Yeah, I have pretty much the same thing. I, I have, they are going to follow the Vegas path and grab themselves a playoff berth. I don't know how good they're, I don't think they're going to be crazy good, but I agree. I mean, their defense is really solid. Their goaltending looks to be really, I mean, Grubauer was great going back to Washington. They're going to be a tough team to score against, and I think they're going to ride that to a playoff berth, but I don't know if it gets much farther past the first round for the Kraken. Tampa Bay. Do they make it three in a row, Tice? I do, I don't have them. I don't have them winning it again this year. But I do have Braden Point taking that almost. I mean, everyone that watches the playoffs knows that he's one of the top players. But I really think he takes like another another step into like that elite of the elite category. And I think he finishes top three in hard voting this year. Nice. I'm going to go with a different Tampa Bay forward, and I'm going to say that Alex Bear Boulay becomes the next Yanni Gord. A lot of people probably don't know who he is. I might not even be saying his name right. That's how well I know him. (laughs) But I think Alex Barboulet becomes the next who from Tampa Bay that becomes not a superstar, but a guy that puts up 50, 60 points and really Tampa Bay doesn't miss much of a beat. Or Taylor Radish too. Yeah, hey, they've got a bunch of – it's annoying. I'm kind of sick of Tampa. This should be good, Tyson. Toronto, what do you have with your bold Maple Leafs prediction? I got one of the core getting dealt in a shakeup trade. I, I this season, yeah, and during the season, I think, I think they're gonna have something bad's gonna happen early in the year. <laughs> I think some, I think they're gonna struggle. I think it just seems like it, it, it's Toronto. Like it seems like whatever, whatever something can really go wrong, it's gonna go wrong. And I think something really wrong's gonna happen <laughs> at the start of the year. And I think that. And I don't know if that I don't even know if it's necessarily necessarily Nylander. I think Dubas, if he had his choice of who he could trade out of those four. Oh, I, we all know who it is. He moves the captain. The captain. I was I, gonna say I was gonna say Mitchapalooza. I think I think if he had his pick of, of the four that he could if he had with take take everything out of account, I think he would rather move John Tavares before Marner, Matthews, or Nylander. I disagree. I, I think if he could, he'd move Mitch Marner. But I, I don't I don't see that happening until they lose in the first round again this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, though, uh, maybe a, maybe the most under radar signing this offseason. I want to say that the comeback player of the year in the NHL comes from the Maple Leafs, and it's Andre Kasha. I'm going to say that Andre Kasha gets first digs playing beside Marner and Matthews, and I mean, he's super talented. Hopefully his head injuries are a thing of the past, but I'm going to say that he has a big year, 60-plus points and and maybe a Masterton trophy to go along with it. The Washington Capitals, Tyson, we're down to our final four teams. What do you see out of Ovi and the Caps? It's kind of – I have a love-hate with the Caps. You know, you watch some games, you're like, oh, this – you know, I I like this team. And then you see Tom Wilson do something, and you're just like, oh, I hate I hate this whole team. Like I can't stand them. But I think that this is the year that they. I think they missed the playoffs this year. 
And I All think right, let me let me piggyback off that, Tyson. I have them dead last in the Metro. Wow. Over Jersey too? Yep. I don't yep. know. Yeah, I, I don't know about it either. But it's bold, <laughs> and I, I'm making you look less bold here. But I just at some point it comes to an end, and they are just old as hell. And I'm not a big believer in you know both Vanacek and Samson. I, I don't know. I, I think with how competitive the Metro is this year, I'm just going to say that this is the year that the Capitals finally fall back. Maybe Ovi has a big year, but I'm going to say they they very easily miss the playoffs this year, both the Caps and the Penguins. I, and I also wouldn't be surprised, though, to see like Kuznetsov get moved to Montreal to replace Kock in the ME. Like, I, yeah. it, sounded like, it sounded like they were talking about that earlier in the offseason, and I could, I could definitely see... like. He seems like the kind of guy that Bergevin like, like he's the flashy kind of, he's a kind of an enigma. And I think they really, I think Kuznetsov would be a, a decent fit in Montreal for now, but who knows if it plays out, but yeah, he's got off the ice problems with Bergevin just loves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Now you, you told me before we did this, that Vancouver was your most hilarious prediction, which is saying something considering you've had the coyotes getting relocated and a couple other whoppers. So I'm so intrigued to hear what you have planned for the Vancouver Canucks with your bold prediction this year. Mr. Pedersen is going to get out of there, and I think he's going to ask for a trade. I think, they're gonna, I think the Canucks are going to be awful this year. Yeah, I can kind of see that. And that's why I went with my bold prediction, that Jim Benning makes another absolutely hilarious trade to try to save his job. I don't yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know who it's gonna be, but I think I think we get a big laugh out of Jim Benning once again before he finally gets canned. You know, the division isn't very good, but I agree. I don't think their team is anywhere near to even what you know Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle have. And I think I think Jim Benning gives us one final Peter Shirelli like send-off before he gets kicked into the sunset. And that's Pedersen's. That's the same. That's gonna. That's, that's gonna the trade. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna trade our best forward for some reason to try to save my job. Well, let's hope it happens. All right, two more teams before the Jets. Tyson, the Vegas Golden Knights. I have Vegas acquiring an elite number one center, and I think they're gonna get Eichel. I like that. I that would not surprise me at all. I I don't know how they do it, but that would not surprise me at all. I could I honestly could see them doing almost an NBA Paul George style trade where they just throw as many picks as possible at them. They're just like, well, how many picks do you want the next couple of years? And we'll just give them to you. You know what? And honestly, for Vegas, that's not a bad idea because those picks are going to be twenty five to thirty anyways. They're like glorified second round picks. That would be a hell of a story. I'm going to say in another pretty good story that Robin Leonard makes it back-to-back Vesna nominations out of Vegas. I don't know if he wins it, but I think that the Golden Knights fans who are pissed off at the brutal treatment of, you know, the franchise icon, they're going to forget it really quickly because Robin Leonard has a big year for the Knights. All right, here we go, Tyson. Best for last. The Winnipeg Jets. What is your bold prediction for the Winnipeg Jets this upcoming season? I kind of have mine. I I got two again, but my first one is that I got the Jets firing Paul Maurice early early in the season as well, and I also see them finishing second in the division after his firing. And to add on to that, I also see Ehlers finally going point. He'll go eighty two in in eighty two minimum. 
that's a lot to take in there, Tice. So they're going they're going the same route as the Flyers. Hey, they're they're finally yeah. moving on from a head coach and then bringing. Do you have a, a replacement head coach or? Well, honestly, it, it it could be a race to see who fires who first because Bruce, Bruce Boudreau would be a great coach for both teams. I think. I mean, Boudreau with this forward group, you saw what he did with the when he was in Washington with that with that insane forward group, and they're the best team in the league every year. I mean, I I think Boudreaux's such. I think he's such an underrated coach. I could see him. I, I don't know. What yeah, he that. would be. He would be the guy, right? Like for any team with playoff aspirations. I mean, that is a whopper, Tyson. So you have Maurice finally getting the axe here in Winnipeg, but long. it still leads to Winnipeg getting the second spot in the Central. Yeah, that's a hell of a, all right. I like it. We'll mark it down. We'll see if it happens. I have a weird surprising one for the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not going to go into record or where they finish or anything like that. I'm going to go individual. I'm going to say the Winnipeg Jets have an all-star defenseman this year. Something wow. we thought would never be possible after Dustin Bufflin left. And people might be thinking, wow, Josh Morrissey has that good of a year. No, he doesn't. I think Neil Pionk is going to make the all-star team for the Winnipeg Jets. And I, I just look around this central. Kale McCarr's a lock. I think one of the Dallas defensemen, either Klingberg or Heiskanen, gets one of the spots there. But after that, I mean, Seth Jones, yeah, that's going to be a name up for grabs. But, I mean, there's Kane with Chicago, all that. I just think that Neil Pionk, there's been so much talk that finally Josh Morrissey is going to play with a really solid partner, right? Like he's not playing with a Poolman or a bowl you or, you know, whoever it may be, and Morrissey's game is going to get taken to a new level. And that probably is true, but the same could be said for Neil Pionk, right? Like, he's played with Kulikov and Forbort as a Winnipeg Jet, yet he's still been one of the better point-producing defensemen in the NHL during that span. So whether it's beside Brendan Dillon, whether it's beside Josh Morrissey, I think Neil Pionk has a monster season. On top of that, I think he gets first-time power play minutes, and that's going to boost his point totals. And, and really, we know at All-Stars how they get picked. It's by points, even as a defenseman. And I think Neil Pionk has an absolutely monster start to the season, and he grabs an All-Star nod from the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, like, like you said, I, I think that you got to think that Pionk's with Dylan to start the year, you'd think. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do I do I really don't know which way they're going to go just yet. I I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Morrissey and Pionk playing together, but I think Paul Maurice is probably going to go Morrissey, Schmidt, and then Dylan and Pionk. I don't think you can go wrong either way, uh, but it'll be intriguing to see which of those two pairings gets the most even strength minutes to start off the year. But to me, I don't even care necessarily, you know, how the top four gets allotted out to me the most important thing is that look neil pionk is this team's best power play defenseman put him on the number one power play josh morrissey can play on the second one neil pionk needs to be on the first power play yeah i agree 100 percent. all right thanks for doing this tyson we'll uh talk sometime soon okay yeah thanks for having me again all right so that does it for this week thank you guys so much for listening again kicking off september technically next week we're gonna start our preview package. That's right. We're going through each and every position across the NHL to see where the Winnipeg Jets rank. And we'll start with the forward group, moving on to defensemen, coach slash GM, and goalie. 
And then we'll get into our standings prediction bonanza a little bit later, closer to the start of the season in early October. But that's where we'll kick things off next week, looking at where the Winnipeg Jets forward group ranks across the entire NHL. That's coming your way on Tuesday. Until then, though, thanks again for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Peace.